Good morning and welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We are a spiritual and spirited community sheltering in place right now, dedicated to the free and responsible search for truth and meaning. I'm very glad you all joined us this morning. We come from a long heritage of teaching that there's a spark of the divine in everyone. And one of the ways that we greet the divine on a Sunday morning is by turning to our neighbor and welcoming them. If you are watching this live with us, then you are welcome to greet one another in the comments. And now, Lee Legault, our student intern minister, has our chalice lighting. We light this chalice so that its flame may signify the spiritual strands of light that bind our hearts and souls with one another. Even while we must be physically apart, we bask in its warmth together. Today's call to worship comes to us from Mahatma Gandhi who said, your beliefs become your thoughts. Your thoughts become your words. Your words become your actions. Your actions become your habits. Your habits become your values. And your values become your destiny. Now join us as we sing our hymn, There's a River Flowing in My Soul. us as we move into the future together. 
We say it every Sunday, so it's time to say it together. Together, we nourish souls, transform lives, do justice to build the beloved community. Every Sunday, we also give an example of how we could build the beloved community. This morning, I just want you to look at this photograph of a statue made by Kahinda Wiley. He visited Virginia for an opening of one of his art shows and saw all the Confederate monuments. That sight, those feelings, inspired him to make this sculpture. I can do it 
A person will worship something, have no doubt about that. We may think our tribute is paid in secret in the dark recesses of our hearts, but it will come out. That which dominates our imaginations and our thoughts will determine our lives and our character. Therefore, it behooves us to be careful what we worship. For what we are worshiping, we are becoming. Now is the time in our service when we enter into an attitude of prayer and meditation together. Or we just breathe together. Or we listen to the voice of God as we understand God within us. Or we speak our lamentations and the pain of our heart to God. Or we listen to our inner wisdom that is always there speaking to us inside. In any of these ways, let us have a moment of breathing together. invite you to light a candle in your house for a joy or a sorrow, for a vow or a determination, a remembrance. I am lighting a candle in my home for the health workers that are on the front lines, some of whom are in our congregation. We love you and we thank you. family's religion on my mother's side there had been a minister in every generation back to 1690 and it was a common uh, question who was going to get the call in my generation it was going to be a boy for sure because men were the only ones allowed to be ministers so there were about eight of us sitting around this table and eating lunch I was maybe nine and my cousin John Knox who was the trickster in the family, was listening to the adults talk about who was going to get the call. He disappeared, and the phone rang that was right by the table. A voice on the phone said, let me speak to Hamilton, please. Well, Hamilton was one of the brothers. He was 11. 
And he picked up the phone and this voice said, Halton, this is the Lord and this is the call. We just looked at our plates and hoped the call wouldn't land on us. Well, it landed on me, which is fine. I love my calling. It was not so fine with my mother's family, though not allowing women ministers, but I soldiered on with my dad's hearty support and went to Princeton Seminary, where in the middle of the three years, I lost my faith completely. It's kind of traditional. That's how it goes in seminary. You lose your faith in the middle year. So I would sit on my bed or lie down in the depths of deep despair. And my roommate, Laurie, and my fiancé, Mark, would sit by the bed, and they would pat my hand, and they would say, let us take you through it again. And they would take me through uh, Presbyterian belief again. And I would say, but I don't understand. Uh, I don't understand. I am not a bad person. Why does somebody have to die for my sins, which are so minor? I mean, really, my whole life, I've tried to be really a good person. And and why would God set it up so that we have uh, the fall and where we're all born in original sin and how we are going to be sinners no matter what we do and how all our righteousness is as filthy rags I think that's in Isaiah. And why is blood needed to cover my sins? I mean, I think that's child abuse. I mean, I would not punish my child um, in hellfire for something that they did. No, no parent would do that unless they're crazy. And then they go to jail. And why do we think we have better ideas about parenting than God, why would he send us to hell? And, and why would he torment his only child just to satisfy some kind of sense of justice that he himself had? None of it makes sense. And they would take me through it again. So this happened on the regular, like every six months. And it never did quite take. I was so happy to find Unitarian Universalism. You can't imagine, well, maybe you can if you weren't raised a UU, you might be able to imagine the relief and the joy I felt in finding a faith where things made sense and that it was okay for you to want them to make sense. It was wonderful. And then when I switched my ordination to be a UU minister, it was it was a joy beyond imagining. Okay. I worked as a therapist for a long time. And I saw the effects of childhood religion on my clients. Toxic. Some of those beliefs were toxic. Like, if you were really, really a nice person, your husband wouldn't beat you. And if he did beat you, if you were just extra, extra nice, he wouldn't beat you anymore. That happened a lot. Also, that the father was head of the family. And so he could do anything he wanted to the children. That was awful. It was also awful for men. They would come in and say, I know I'm supposed to be head of the family. I know I'm supposed to make all the decisions, but I just don't feel up to it. I'd rather just be in partnership with my wife, but my minister says I shouldn't. Toxic religion takes many, many forms. And it can really mess people up. Now, most religions have these toxic elements in them. 
I'm not just talking about Christianity, although that's the one I have most experience with. And most religions also have elements of wisdom and grace and love in them. And so I'm thinking we just want to look within our childhood faith or the faith we were raised with or all the faiths our family tried along the way and find the elements that are full of grace and full of love and loving challenge. Love doesn't just mean, oh, whatever you do, it's fine. But love means be the person you can be and I love you all the way there. How do you make up your own religion? People people scoff and say, oh, they're cafeteria Catholics or cafeteria Christians or cafeteria pagans. And it just means that you go down the line and just pick what you want. Well, why not? Most religions, maybe the kernel of truth is there in them at the very beginning, but the whole rest of them is made up by people, made up. And so why not make up our own? Today, I'm going to maybe show you how to begin making up your own if you haven't already. Really, you have already. As our Emerson reading said, a person will worship something. Whatever they worship in the deep recesses of their hearts is their religion. And what we are worshiping, we are becoming. So think about the things that are most important to you. Is it fame? Is it money? Is it security? Is it being loved? Is it um, being successful? Is it being right? What is your religion? Some people's religion includes things like you should never leave your socks on the floor. You should close cabinet doors when you open them. You should always use your turn signal when you're driving. Now we are like, people should be kind and people should stay six feet away from each other. Yeah, they should. Some people's religion is reality. They say, well, I just believe in reality. (laughs) I think we each have a compass inside. And there are things that we steer by in that compass. There are values that are important to you. And a lot of times life is just like pointing your feet downstream and letting the river take you. You you are carried along doing the things that you know to be doing. You're raising your kids. You're working your job. You're maintaining your home. You're trying to be healthy. And sometimes, though, the river dumps you out into an enormous body of water that's not flowing in any particular direction. And you're in trouble. And you have to figure out where to go and how to steer in the middle of this trackless wasteland. So I want you to take a plate. I have one right here. And make it into a compass. Now, if you don't have a plate, that's all right. You can do this later. And I've been thinking about what my foremost truth is. And, I mean, my foremost value which is true. So I'm going to write it on my compass in the north. Truth. Another value, though, is kindness. And sometimes kindness and truth are kind of in tension with each other. So I'm going to write kindness down here. 
kind kindness. I need four other points of my compass. And I have two other values that are sometimes in tension with each other. One is courage. Courage. But I also like to be secure and I like to be in good relationships with people and I like to um, get along and if you have only courage if I have only courage then I tend to mess up sometimes and my other value is security I'm going to try to plan ahead because that's also one of my values and make security fit on the plate So, courage and security can be in tension with each other, too. What are your values? What do you steer by? What makes you feel whole? What puts you together? I know that you could have fun doing this, and I know that it could be a lot of pressure. And right now, I don't want to put pressure on anybody. But if you want to have fun writing your compass and then pondering it and seeing if that's what you want to keep, I think that would be a good project. And part of my religion, um, I guess the center of my religion, there's no room in the center of my plate. I already wrote security, so I would have a planning ahead moment. Er, in the middle of my plate is love. Where all these things come together is love. I'll just draw a little heart. Crafting is not my forte. There's my little heart for love in the middle of all of this. One of the ways that we're showing love to each other right now is physical distancing. I loved something somebody wrote on Facebook about this emptiness, the negative space we're seeing everywhere around the world. And that the negative space is indicative of our loving actions toward one another. We are staying at home because we love our families and we love our friends and we're staying at home because we love our neighbors and especially because we love our healthcare workers we're staying at home because this is a visible amazing act of global solidarity my friends we are not alone in this time even though we are physically distant. We live our values. For me, truth, kindness, courage, security, and love. Let go of whatever part of the religion you were raised with is hurting you. You don't have to believe in a God who doesn't believe in you.
My friends, we are so grateful for your ongoing support of this congregation as we struggle to continue our work to hold the flame high and keep our chalice burning for one another during this strange and difficult time. Bear, who is hosting the comment stream, will now put in a link where you can go for donations, period, pick plate when it asks you what fund you want to donate to. Also, um, you might find that the site is busy because so many people go to donate at this point, and we're so happy about that. Um, just come back later and try again. Yeah. We, we give in response to the things that we get, but mostly we give in order to be part of something larger than ourselves. And we're all feeling how much we miss our community right now and how much we miss feeling each other and seeing each other's beautiful faces. We'll come together again. This is not going to last forever. And we will make it through. And we're continuing to pay our hourly workers, as so many of you have suggested. That's the right thing to do. Blessings on your gifts and blessings on you as givers. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. And now sing with me if you care to. The lone wild bird in lofty flight is still with thee, nor leaves thy sight. And I am thine, I rest in thee. Great Spirit, come and rest in me. Go in peace. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.